in eighth grade or growing up in general, I didn't really have a lot of help. That was, that was the issue. Like I didn't have help. However, this young kid, this young Jamar wanted to inspire and just had just, just send a message out to the world. And I had no idea what it, what it was, but I knew my life meant something. I knew that. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your guest host, Jake Boley, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Jamar Royster is an elite powerlifter and the owner of Royster Fitness. He's been a long friend of mine, and he's also known as the Pancake God on Instagram. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you seriously need to check out his page for some serious foodie inspiration. In today's episode, we talk about how the name Pancake God even came about. We talk a little bit about Jamar's upbringing and his, some lessons learned along the way, and a little bit on his current training methodologies. As always, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbin podcast in your app of choice. Every month, we give away a box full of Barbin swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. Welcome to the Barbin podcast. I am joined here with my friend Jamar Royster, aka Mr. Royster Fitness, aka the Pancake God on Instagram. Good to have you, man. Thank you for joining us. No, I appreciate you bringing me on, Jake. This is huge, man. Barbin is amazing. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I like the uh, when when I got the ask, I was just honored, man. Like, I listen to your podcast. I'm, I'm like a silent uh, podcast podcast listener. I don't really like promote all the podcasts I listen to, but I just love listening to people talk and hearing their stories and backgrounds. And it just just sometimes it's a, a, a thing I can attach to, and it's like, oh, I, I've experienced that, or oh, I, I know about that, or for the most part, it's a lot of information that I, I don't know that I'm just grasping. Totally, man. I, I really appreciate that a lot. I personally am a huge fan of what you do as well. And if anybody is listening right now that doesn't know Jamar, you might have noticed that his Instagram handle is Pancake God. And <laughs> that's not by chance. Literally a third of his posts are these insane, insane meals. Like you're low-key a foodie. And I... Can <laughs> you share more about your obsession with pancakes and just being a foodie in general and kind of how you orchestrate some of those dishes, man? Because some of them, I'm not even kidding you. Like if I'm hungry and at all like little tipsy or something, like I'm reaching for exactly what you put in or at least something close to it. <laughs> you know, absolutely. <laughs> this is funny because I feel like this is going to tie into a lot because uh, cooking is a part of my life. It's uh you know, I'm, I'm from the South, so soul food is, <laughs> I love soul food, you know, and um, my my mother and father are like really good cookers. I'm not saying that has anything to do with where I am today, but um, at an early age, I had to learn to cook for myself. Uh, father was, um, mother and father were separate, uh, so whenever they weren't home, we had to eat somehow. So uh, that's how I started learning to cook just for survival. Um, but fast forward into my um, adult, early adulthood, um, when I was living on my own, it, it, I worked a nine to five and it was very, very long and uh, honestly got tiring and, and boring. And I, I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my passion. So I would just sit at home at night and just watch the cooking channel um, all night, really. But I've always had an interest for cooking. 
Um, so one night I just started going in the kitchen, I actually started to elevate my meals, so to speak. Um, just started doing a bunch of random things to it um, to try to see how I can create a meal and how I can amplify the taste. Um, and that kind of started back in 20, I would say 13, 2013, 2014 is when I really started getting, getting into that. Um, but the creativity comes from watching it, but also I have a very creative mind. Um, so if I see something in my head, I want to create it on a plate. Um, kind of like my most recent post is a sushi pineapple bowl. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what haven't I done with a pineapple bowl? And what haven't I seen done to it? And personally, that was something that um, I, I want a sushi one night. And I was like, well, I already have... Uh, everything I need to make sushi in the house. Cause as you know, I am a foodie and I like to create things. So it was just kind of like one of those things where I saw it in my head. I saw the shrimp on the side of the pineapple. Um, I saw the, the rolls on the inside and I saw the crab salad that we had. And that's just one of those things that I was like, I see it so I can create it. And I just kind of go through that process of making it. And if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to, it still turns out pretty well somehow. Um, so the creativity level has always been there. I can't really take a lot of credit for um, just coming up with it. However, like it starts in my mind and then I kind of work with it. Um, but that's just kind of how the food thing goes. Like if I want something, I typically try to make it before I buy it. Um, so therefore, cause I can buy in bulk so I can make it as many times as I want. And two, I control my caloric intake with it. So I can control what goes in it and how I make it. Um, typically if I have to fry something, I can air fry it um, and things like that. So it, it's, it's, Conscious and I'm very aware of what I'm putting into my body. Um, so that kind of helps out in general. But going on to the whole pancake thing. So <laughs> uh, with the pancakes, the Kodiak stuff didn't start up till um, late 2000s, I would say. I would say roughly around 2016. So before I got into powerlifting, I was focused on more bodybuilding. And with that, uh, I wanted to cut as many carbs as I could. So I would do like, low carb, low calorie, uh, pancakes and make it out of like, uh, I don't know, bananas and eggs and things like that. And I started going into the oats and honestly, they were trash. Like they were absolutely trash. Too. They did not taste good. And I was just doing it just so I could look good and look lean and mean. And then I found uh, Kodiak and man, like, I'm not sure if you guys have had Kodiak or if you've had it, but the brand is phenomenal. Like the, the taste is good. And I know there are other brands that, you know, can live up to like the taste profile, but I respect the brand wholeheartedly because of what they do and what they're offering and what they're doing for their communities and things like that. And they're just really good people just in general. Now, I didn't know that <laughs> when I was buying, buying it at first, it was more so I was doing it for myself and I liked it. And then, the whole pancake stack game came when I started doing a lot of the bodybuilding.com challenges. So this was a 20 days of or 30 days of fit challenge by bodybuilding.com. And uh, this is when, I don't know, bodybuilding was like super huge back then. They were doing all these things and it was like really cool. So I started jumping in on them. And one of them was uh, your favorite treat or something like that. So I made a pancake stack out of protein. Um, this wasn't with the Kodiak cake stuff at the time. And I won. <laughs> and uh, so they, they gave me like a $500 reward with some protein powder. And that kickstarted the whole pancake stack game. So then I ended up um, investing in Kodiak cake because I was looking for a more uh, refiner and better taste. And that's kind of how that came along. And then from there, I was like, well, shoot, 
Like, why not just make them look stupidly ridiculous? Like, high carb days just go all out. Why not? Like, fortunate to say, uh, like, when I would do anything like that, I, I would definitely be shot in my uh, carb <laughs> macros <laughs> of the day. But it was worth it. It was totally worth it. It really got me to where I am today. And I did that consistently over the years. Eventually, Cody at Cake and I, we uh, started working together. And it wasn't anything big. It was like, hey, you know, we have these things going on. Um, before that, it was just me tagging them just because I love the brand. And I wanted people to see it. And then I started doing my whole social media lineup. And that was just something that helped me be a little bit more consistent with my posting. Therefore, I didn't have to think about what I was posting for the next day. Like, I already know now talking to you that my next post is a picture post of something. And then a post after that is a video. And then a post after that is a food pick. Right. So I already know what I have to do. So I don't have to think about it. So I started that lineup and that started working well for me. So with uh, Kodiak, it would always be random things that we do like National Flatjack Day or National S'mores Day. And they would say, hey, you know, could you make something, you know, where we post you or where share it? Things like I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes conversation would be, uh, you know, they would send me something, but it was never anything serious. Then after about a year, um, we started to formulate more of a collaboration. And it was like, all right, we want to do these things throughout the year and, you know, expose you a little bit more and share you more with our um, our page and our people. So then we went on that process and I eventually got sponsored as an athlete. And um, it's just been amazing. I will say that they are very, very good people. Um, they're a brand I can get behind and stay behind and they aren't quiet about their beliefs and they respect me and I respect them. And they have not asked me for anything. Honestly, I know there's a lot of companies and organizations that are like, if we sponsor you, you have to do these things. You have to abide by these guidelines. They're like, Hey, Jamar, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, cool. Like, and that's what I love. And that's what I like because it gives me the, space to have creative freedom. It gives me the space to do what I want to do and be honest about what I'm doing. It gives me the space to just creatively be me and feel free, you know? Um, so that's kind of how the pancake started. Uh, I know that was a long intro into it and a long intro into the whole food thing, but I'm a foodie. I love food in general and I will make it if I can. If I can't make it, I will taste it and then come back and try to <laughs> replicate it if I can. No, I think, it, I think it's great, man. And honestly, there's so much to take in there, right? It's like you have so many different ways of expressing creativity. And on social media, I don't think, especially in the strength sports world, a lot of people do that with food. So it's really cool and unique to see you do that as an accomplished power lifter and share like, yo, like, look at this. What I look, what I made this week. Like, this is sick. This is how I do it. I don't know how you fit some of those meals into your caloric intake. And I always giggle when I see some of the comments that are like, dude, you're going to be 120 plus soon. Like you're going to be lifting with the, with the super heavies. I always giggle at those, but man, it's, it's really cool and really unique. And I think it was really cool. And I think it was like, what, like a year and a half ago or two years ago now when Kodiak actually like you guys made it a little bit more official. And I remember that announcement yeah. post. And it was like, like, that's the perfect, I think, lesson of like consistency and just pumping into the creativity of what you truly enjoy and bringing the best product, AKA their, their food forward. And that's really cool. Yeah. That coached you. Are you the only powerlifter sponsored by Kodiak right now? I am the only powerlifter sponsored by Kodiak. And I don't really know a lot 
Um, with Kodiak, I know in terms of like their sponsorships, because I'm not quite sure of everyone they sponsor. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I feel like I, I may be the only sponsored athlete they have um, at the level that I'm at. And I'll just keep it at that. Um, but I know we do a lot of Kodiak Den ambassadors. Um, we're, we're always advocating for that because there's a lot of creative people out there who are just doing uh a lot of good work in terms of like their creations and things like that. Um, so as you can see too, if you look at my page recently, I haven't really been posting a lot of pancake stacks. I'm trying to kind of like drive more of like, yeah, I've established I'm the pancake god, but I, these are the things that I love making as well too. And I want you to see these things too. I can also make so many different things with the Kodiak brand too. Like the other night I made uh, Kodiak cake tacos with their buttermilk, uh, Oh, no, with our flour, because they have flowers. They have so many different things. It's, it's amazing. This, this company's grown so much over time. Um, so I, I, I am the only powerlifter for sure uh, that's sponsored by Kodiak. And for the listeners at home, this podcast is not sponsored by Kodiak. We are not, <laughs> we are not getting paid to say any of this. Like We're dropping the mad plugs, and we are not getting paid to hype Kodiak up. We did like, just we like the brand and we like the taste of the product. We are not paying them. Well, okay, I will just, say this though. I will say if you if you are getting sponsored by anything, it, food is the way to go. <laughs> Dude, I I bet, man. Oh my gosh, like to get. I wish like one bar would sponsor me and just send me bars every week or month. Oh, that would be man. nice. Those are good. That that's that's that would be phenomenal. Um. So to pivot to strength sports, man. So. You you might be the only sponsored strength athlete by Kodiak, which we kind of discussed, but what is your background in strength sports? Could you kind of catch the listeners up to speed about what you do, what you've accomplished, and kind of how you carry yourself through your personal business with strength sports itself? Yeah, um, it's so cool. Uh, thinking of, Thinking back where I was and where I am now because there's, it's loaded. There's just so much there and there's so much that I know I'm going to miss out on and I'll do the best I can to kind of navigate through it all. So strength sports came into play about eighth grade for me. And a lot of my friends wanted me to go out for sports. And at this time I wasn't really interested in sports. Um, I liked the idea of it, but I have six other siblings uh, and uh, we have a single mom um, at the times. And uh, father we were separate again so two different households and we chose who we wanted to live with so me and my oldest brother lived with my mother and my youngest brother and mother uh sisters lived with my father so uh at the time my mother was always working so there was no room for any extracurricular activities because i didn't have her at home i i it was just it, it was more of a complication than it was anything else so I will say in eighth grade, I slightly did, I, I would say, have a case of depression. Um, it, it was weird. And uh, I've never really been open about that. And I've even expressed that to my mom. And uh, at the time, I, I will say that it was looking back now, like that wasn't taken as serious as it should have been. Um, being the black man that I am today. Looking back now, I, I would have loved to, you know, have someone in my life to kind of navigate me through that as opposed to me trying to understand it myself. So what I did then was just threw myself into sports by myself because I didn't get the, the support for it. I got a lot of backlash um, and I love my mother to death, but it, it wasn't easy 
So uh, I went in eighth grade, tried out football, and just kind of started from there. And man, I got smacked so hard one day. I was like, this is not it. <laughs> this ain't it, fam. But it was a it was a tough lesson for me to learn because like life hits you hard. Like life is not easy for a lot of us and it's not kind to a lot of us. But the beauty about that is that I can get back up and continue to fight because I choose to. And I chose to fight every single day from eighth grade till now. So leading after that, I spent a year in my ninth, my whole ninth grade year, I spent a year training just in the gym, training, learning to do everything up by myself. And I, I literally built so much muscle mass at the time. So that was really cool. Um, just kind of blown up like that. I kind of stopped getting bullied. So that was cool too. Um, and it was getting, I got a lot more respect from my uh, peers. So I mean, that was cool. Um, and then the year after that, I started football. So I got on JV my 10th grade year and then varsity from there. So also at this time, I wasn't really good academically. And I'll try not to like spend too much time on this, um, but I wasn't really good academically until I learned more about academics, GPA, and like why those things were important. Um, and this was my senior year and I had a really poor GPA that wasn't really going to get me anywhere. So what I did was I took myself out of sports and put myself into more classes and more classes after school to up my um, grade point average just so I can get to college because I was so that I couldn't and I wouldn't be able to. Um, so I took that challenge on and then did sports after if I could. Uh, so basically, I, I let sports get on the back burner because I thought education was was going to be a key for me. I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. My mother um, had recently got her GED, GED and then my father dropped out of high school. So like education wasn't really a big push in my family. It was like, see, you get degrees, just graduate, you know, and then you can move forward from there and figure it out. Uh, but I don't know why. I just I had a calling to go. So. Eventually, I worked my ass off to get there. I'm not sure if I can say that here, but excuse me. I really worked hard to get there, and I did. And um, I eventually got to college, and um, at the time, I wasn't recruited, so I wanted to walk on, and I called the coach's office at Chuan University, and I was like, hey, my name's Jamar. I would love to walk on your team here. He was like, no, thank you. Bye. And that was literally it, and I was like, all right, cool. I guess I'll just work out. You know, I focus on my grades. That's why I'm here anyway. And I did. And then I think I kept pushing for it, though, for some reason. So um, about half a semester into it, the coaches reached back out to me. They uh, saw me in the cafeteria and was like, hey, come try out for spring ball. Um, so I tried out for spring ball, made the team. And then about a year after, after proving myself for a whole year or so, um, I ended up getting a scholarship. So the, a big part, a big chunk of my fitness, I gained from there too. Just a lot of training, a lot of grueling training and fighting and constantly fighting to uh, make the squad and um, just get bigger, faster, stronger. You, you just kind of know how it is from there. So that was a, a big portion of um, my background in strength sports and how I got so strong. Uh, unfortunately, I had a few injuries due to football that kind of put me out for a little bit. And I got so beat up and tired that I kind of took two years off. So from uh, about 2013, 14 to about 15, 16, I, I didn't train. Um, so it was, I, and then when I did, it wasn't much. Um, and then I ended up traveling throughout life and doing a bunch of other things. Eventually I kind of like quit everything that I was doing at the time. And I just wanted to get right back into fitness. And I wanted to like, I, cause I knew I had a calling there. I, since I was a young, young kid, I, I knew I had a higher calling to 
uh, spread my message to the world. And I didn't know what that message was at the time until I was having a conversation with a friend. And I literally was like, I'm just trying to inspire a stronger you. And they were like, that's it. Like, that is it right there. And then that catapulted Royster Fitness. Um, so the message behind Royster Fitness, my, my brand, is inspiring a stronger you, which I also tagged on inspiring, inspiring a hungrier you because of all the food that I do. And as we know, in the, the fitness world, the whole double entendre, stay hungry, um, never, uh, never, uh, uh, all these hashtags. Um, but just there's so much behind that and the double entendre with the, the state, um, inspiring the hungry you came later, but the inspiring the stronger you is, it was a big one because it means so much to me, uh, personally. And, um, just reminds me of where I've been and where I am now and where I'm going. So that's my message to the world. And on my website, I kind of, I kind of take it into detail a little bit more than I am now about what that means to me as a whole. Um, so that's kind of how that catapulted Roaster Fitness in 2015, 16, because um, I started building there and then slowly got into powerlifting a little later. So I got back into fitness, doing general fitness, just like most people would do. And just kind of like working on myself, trying to stay lean. I wanted to do a bodybuilding competition. That was my big goal. And then um, I was approaching a gym saying, hey, you know, there's this powerlifting competition um, and you would do great. You know, um, you should definitely look into it. So about five weeks out, I, five or six weeks out, I believe, I can't really remember, um, in 2017, January 7, 2017, a USPA meet was in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I paid for a drug test um, and then the meet. I think I paid like over $200 or so for this one meet. <laughs> Just because I really wanted to be drug tested, because I was like, oh, I, like I, I want this. I, I, I want people to know this. Um, just because you know the the um, people can easily uh, say this or that about people on drugs, and like if you're built a certain way, it's just like, oh, there's no way that's natural. No matter how many years you put behind it, it's kind of like, oh, he's only that way because of this. But I, I wanted to prove something. Like I always am. And that was one of those things where I wanted to prove that like I've done this myself. I built this body and I want people to see it. Now, me knowing me now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with the use of that. If that's whatever someone wants to, that's what they want to do. That has nothing to do with um, my personal feelings behind it. Uh, so I did it. I had a great competition. Um, and that's kind of when I was like, oh, wow, this is a strength sport and I can do this for sport. So it kind of kept that competitive hunger. And also it's a way for me to have that competitive outlet. Um, and I kind of like spent my first year in drug test at USPA. And then transition to USAPL in 2018. I um, mean, that's kind of how I got from where I was to where I am now. I know that was long, but that was kind of my, my, my introduction to sports, fitness, um, and strength sports. So I didn't really focus on strength sports, I thought, growing up. But essentially throughout football, my football career, I did. That's really cool, man. And what have been your best lifts in competition to date? My best lifts were... Uh, these past two meets. Um, so the Arnold's wasn't my best meet. Um, I just actually a poor performance on my part, but I had my best bench. So that, so my best squat is 672 on the platform, as well as a 402 bench and a 661 deadlift. And those are in pounds. 
Um, I don't quite know the kilos for all of them. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll have somebody who's like say it in kilos, but it's all right. We'll let we'll let them we'll let them do the map. Yeah, so those are my best lifts. So now Royster Fitness does your brand cater specifically to powerlifting, or is it generally just anybody who wants to get stronger? Along with the message that you bring with it. It's a, that's a really good question. So the beginning of Royster Fitness was just caters to a general population of people. I wanted to help any and everyone who wanted my help. Um, and I knew I didn't know everything. So I'd reach out to other people who knew more than I did, or I would send clients their way. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of be that little hub to like help anyone I could. However, along the way, you kind of pick up an audience. You know, like so my general population slowly started going away and I started getting more strength athletes. And then from strength athletes, more people wanted to compete. And then powerlifting athletes. I don't really uh, push my training or I don't really push my coaching on anyone. I don't really post much about it. However, I do have a lot of clients and they're really good and really strong and they're always willing to learn. And I love to, I love the collaboration I have with my uh, clients and some friends. So what I like to do is just teach them as much as I can to one be coachable, but as well as learning to coach themselves. Um, so that one day that I know I have a lot of clients who are coaches, um, so that one day they can, you know, aspire and train and coach theirs. So now I'm more catered to powerlifters. However, I, I don't really, I guess, push it. It's just like if someone wants to get stronger or if I have um, availability, I'll take someone on. And if I don't, then I'll push them in the direction that I feel will be best for them in terms of coaching. I mean, in all due respect, I don't think you like necessarily even need to push it because I think your work stands for itself and how you present yourself and carry yourself online. Right. So it's with your lifting, with your consistency, with all the posts, I think you create a very strong brand and message without having to actually say it right. Without having to sound super markety and get people in the door. I think that's really unique about you. And I think that's what initially drew me to you. Cause I think it was what, three years ago now that we've known each other. And I met you at the Arnold hanging out with yeah, Meg and Ryan. Cool. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. I mean, and ever since then, man, it's been cool to watch the brand evolve because I can see like you've really carved your niche out. Um, so I want to circle back to something you brought up when you were explaining your origin story, right? Your path to where you are now. And that was something that you said in eighth grade, right? When you experienced a bout of depression. I think that's really hard for a lot of people to address and acknowledge, especially when it happens when we're younger. And we might not have actually fully understand what's going on at that time, man, what kind of helped you get through it? And what do you wish you like had at that time to help you along the way and help you kind of craft? Because it was cool hearing that you got into lifting your ninth grade, but I also want to know like what kind of spurred that interest. So in eighth grade, man, how do you wish, like, what do you wish could have been a little bit different with how you adapted and went about that year? And then what got you into lifting in ninth grade? So in eighth grade or growing up in general, I didn't really have a lot of help. That was, that was the issue. Like I didn't have help. However, this young kid, this young Jamar wanted to inspire and just had just, just send a message out to the world. And I had no idea what it, what it was, but I knew my life meant something. I knew that. And uh, depression actually <laughs> runs in my family. Um, very uncomfortable saying that, but it does. And, um, I've seen it, I, but I, what I, what I hadn't seen was help. I hadn't seen proper help. So I didn't know how to get through it. So what I did was throw myself into sports. 
to combat it or to at least drown off the noise of what I was feeling and experiencing. And a lot of that was due to not having uh, access to a lot of things like recreational sport and mom was at work all day. So I, I didn't really have much and I got really bored and like, I didn't really know how to do a lot of homework anyway. So like, I just didn't have a lot. Um, so that was really hard for me. And I can't honestly say that there was one particular thing that helped because there really wasn't. Um, it was just me doing the best I could with the little resources I had to combat it. So I think sports helped a tremendous amount with that, not even knowing that that's, that's what really helped me catapult. And what got me into fitness or got me into the gym was my ninth grade year was just wanting to be strong. You know, like I saw uh, my build and um, once I started lifting, I was like, oh, wow, my, my frame's really shaping up and I, I feel strong and I look strong and I like that feeling of being strong. It commands a certain type of, uh, just type of audience or, or it commands a certain type of respect and people treat you and speak to you differently, you know? And I like that um, just because when I was smaller, like I was bullied a little bit um, and people like picked on me a little bit more. But when I got <laughs> a little bit more size on me, that all stopped, you know? So, and it's just something that I know I can speak on. Yeah. When you, when you talk about, you had, you, you always have felt like you have a message to get out to the world, to the folks around you. Can you go into a little bit of that into detail? Like how, as a young, like a younger individual, did you know that you had a story to tell and you just didn't know how to tell it or explain it yet or what it was? Like what, what kind of sparked that? Do you have any idea? Was it always like present throughout your whole childhood growing up or did it kind of get shaped by the folks around you? Like what? How did that go? How did that happen, man? I think um, when, when I talk on this, I have to say that everything that happened in my life leading up to that realization, and which was only at the tender age of five, and I think people are going to think I'm crazy, but I, I, I can recall every moment of that, that realization um, till now. Everything that happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, was for the greater good of what I'm doing now so that I can be genuine about my message so that I can be authentic in my message because it means something to me. So I didn't grow up very fortunate. Um, we all know this. I have six other siblings, um, separate households um, with my mother and father. So my dad was here and there. Um, my mom was always at work, um, but we were in a trailer park um, in a Hispanic neighborhood mixed with and with blacks, but you know, no whites. And uh, I say I say that, and I and I call those out just as is, and I'm very direct with this: black, Hispanics, no whites. And all I saw was poverty. Um, so I'm standing outside the trailer, and I'm just looking around. Um, we had the biggest yard somehow um, in the trailer park, but it was a huge trailer park. It was just so many families, and I'm like, "Wow, we're poor." And the only reason I said that was because I had visited my white friends' houses. Um, sometime before, I believe. And it was just like houses, these nice neighborhoods, and just the fridge was literally a store to me, you know, because they had everything. Uh, and just looking at it, and I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is poor. We're poor. And I need to somehow break the cycle. But being that young, knowing that, not knowing how to uh, articulate it to get help with doing so um, was tough because I had a message but I didn't know how to express it, right? 
I've always been been seen as different growing up from my family. Um, not really sure how to like express it or say that, uh, but growing up, I got called white boy a lot. And it's because I try my best to articulate my words um, and try to uh, do the best that I can in every uh, situation I was in. Um, and that, that, that word itself, like I hate it because, but I also un- kind of understood it in a weird way uh, because that's what, and at that time in that moment, uh, my siblings or neighbors or other kids, you know, that was their only way to express how they felt. Um, like if I acted different than what the culture was around there, if I, uh, look different, if I said different things, if I articulated differently, it wasn't understood, you know, and I saw that. Now, I'm not going to say that everyone's the same and I should treat them the same who treated me the same. It's more like, I understand that you have this feeling towards this, this, this vibe that I have. Um, but I'm going to make sure that we all get where I'm going together, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't know how to express the message. But eventually along the way, I found it, you know, and I, I feel like everything I'm doing now helps with that. Um, like I said, there's a lot of great area and all, all of that in the past. And there's just so much. Uh, there's so many things that are like not being said, but like it, it was a lot, you know, and um, I think that being as young as I was, knowing that um, was the only thing that kind of separated me from my my siblings. I love them to death, but I think that was the only thing that truly separated me was my mindset at the time. Because I, I mean, I literally could be <laughs> in in the blink of an eye, I could have been on on a different side of, of what I'm doing now, you know. Um, but I, I try not to think that way because I feel like I am where I am today for a reason and a purpose because I felt like I've always had a, a message to uh, display to the world. So there's a reason why I am where I am. So I shouldn't think otherwise, right? hundred percent. And that dude, it's, it's got to, it had to have been hard having to go against the grain, especially with those around you kind of maybe bullying or talking down to you. I, I, I can't even imagine like what that had to have been like. How did you keep yourself on the mission of that higher purpose throughout those periods of time when people close to you were like kind of talking down to you or bullying you and so forth. Like, how did you, how did you continue to navigate forward? Well, I think, um, I think in life, um, whatever you believe, whether you believe in religion, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in the universe, I think in life, things are sprinkled into your life to kind of like tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, you're hitting in the right direction. Keep doing you. It's like, Hey, don't, don't worry about that. It's going to be okay. Hey, I know this sucks right now, but listen, you're going to be good. Trust me. So I I have had family members in my life who who helped me point me in the right direction. A lot of that was my mother. I will say, I know um, it sounds like I am um, going back and forth with that, but she truly, truly believed in me and truly told me that I can and will be anything that I want to be. Um, she always told me, I know this sounds so crazy, but she always told me I was special. Um, and I know a lot of kids believe that. And, and that's something that I, I think you should tell your kids if you, if you believe that they are. Um, but she always told me individually, like, Hey, Jamar, you're, you're different. You're special. And that's a good thing. Um, and use that. Um, so I did. And I really felt that. So I felt that I had a calling and a mission. So I think that there were people laid out in my life. So there at the time we were in, uh, I was again, like five, six, seven around this time, the trophy, we had a, a, my youth pastor at the time. He was a, a really tall, 
a white guy with gray hair. And I would do him a disservice by saying that he didn't see color. I would do him a disservice by saying that because he did see color and he also saw a need. And he brought all of us in the trailer park to a church in Lewisburg at the time, which was about 40 minutes away or, well, no, Lewisburg is closer. So about like uh, 15 minutes away. So he would drive a, a church bus. He would literally like a school bus. He would drive a church bus through neighborhoods, through urban neighborhoods every Sunday, pick up kids in the morning, drive them to church and then drive them all back home without getting paid because that was his calling. And that was a huge light, a huge light bulb and inspiration to me. Like, wow, this man is literally doing what he feels is best in the world. And then um, from that point, it was like my, one of my coaches, uh, coach Johnny Mack at the time, he was this really big buff guy, younger dude. He really taught me how to properly train. So he taught me like what a lot of old school lifters do, which is like those pyramid schemes, um, old bodybuilding routines. But dude was jacked. Still is to this day. I recently saw him a few weeks ago. Still, Jack, pretty much more, a little bit more leaner now because he's doing more, more CrossFit style workouts. But he's in his forties and he still looks just, just as young as I do. Um, and then at the time, Trent Sanders. So Trent Sanders was more of a bigger coach, but he could articulate his words so well that you could, you could mimic his movement without him doing anything. Um, so, but he was one of the coaches that definitely saw the need for a lot of us. And he drove me home from time to time. Um, and there were times where, you know, he couldn't, you know, and there was times where I stood after school till 12 AM. till my mom came and got me, um, you know, it, it was, it was a rough patch and a rough time, but you know, he, he bought me shoes for all my sports because I didn't have the money to do so. Like he was, so I, like I said, I feel like these, these coaches and I'm not going on a good service by like explaining how much of an impact they had on my life. But like, I feel like these are moments in my in, in my life where I like got tapped on the shoulder and said, you're going in the right direction. We see your passion. We see what you're doing. You're going to be great, bro. And we're here for you. And we got you. Um, and that's what I felt. Um, and rest in peace, you know, Trent Sanders and brother Clyde, um, because I don't think without them and those small kind gestures, I would still be like the kind human being I believe I am today. And, you know, like seeing all of those people fulfill their, their missions like just inspires me to continue to do mine, you know? So I, I think those few people were really, really monumental in where I am today as well. That's really cool, man. That is really cool. And I think it's amazing that you were then taking what you're doing in your mission and tra transferring that pretty much to clients and coaches that you work with. I think it's really cool to continue like spreading almost when you had that through your life and now you're spreading it to someone else. Um, I want to fast forward to Royster Fitness now. Okay. Are, on days when you might not feel that inspired or that strong about your purpose, where do you bring yourself? How do you realign and keep moving forward? Right. Cause I feel like highs and lows are very common in life. And I would love to hear how you personally tackle periods of time where you might not be feeling so strongly necessarily about the mission and so forth. Like, where do you go? Do you go to past memories? Do you look to clients and their growth and get inspired again from them? What is your personal way of navigating that? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think one of the biggest ones you hit on is past. Um, so just recently, um, I just launched 
my apparel or technically relaunched, but I don't want to get into specifics of it, but just launched my apparel and just seeing the growth and seeing the support was literally like had me teary eyed, like, wow, people believe in me, you know? Yeah. I have a larger platform, not a huge platform, a larger platform, but that doesn't necessarily always um, trickle to everyone supporting you. You know, some people are just there to watch and like, um, not everyone's going to support you. And that's just the, how it is at the end of the day. Now, just like, you know, when I'm human, I have moments where I don't feel as inspired, like you said, but thinking about past growth. So just a few weeks ago or a few days ago, I, w- I was like, wow, like look at the, the support, look at where I am today. Like I have a two bedroom apartment um, that I can, that I don't have to worry about when am I going to pay my next bill? I ain't got to worry about that. Cause I already, I already know I can do it. Like I, I know it's there. And I know that sounds crazy to some, but like, I've always had to worry about, like bills being paid. I've always had to worry about if my life's going to get off. I've, I've had to worry about all these things where like I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm 29, you know, this is just recent, you know, I'm 29 now to where now I don't have to worry about these things because I can find financially afford these things. I can financially do these things. I can spend money without worrying about where am I going to get my next meal? Uh, so I think about all those times where I've had it rough and I'm like, Hey bro, man, this ain't that bad. <laughs> this this is not that bad in comparison to what you've been through and where you are. And don't let little Jamar down. You know, I always think back to that moment where I had that realization to where I am now. And I'm like, don't let that guy down. Don't let the kid down because there's another kid out there. That's just like me. There's another kid out there. That's just like himself. There's another kid out there that needs help, you know? And I'm like, and that doesn't necessarily have to be that kid, but that's just the example I'm using to where there's another person out there that's, that needs that inspiration that needs to be that light. So I continue to try to amplify my voice and be the light for others on my social media platform to where like, I don't, I'm not out here bragging about like, I got this, I got that. I'm here. I'm here. I'm this, I'm that. It's more like, I hear you. I see you. I've been there. I am there. I'm here for you. But in a way of where it's like, this is grit. This is what grit looks like. Like it's going to take time to get from point A to point B, but when you do, it's going to be worth it. So I think about my past uh, transgressions. I, I think about um, how hard people in my life had to work and support me and how much money people have like invested in me, um, especially my clients. So my clients are investing. Yes, they're investing in themselves, but they're also investing in trusting me with their programming. So I, I do look up to them. Like I have a lot of clients like they're pulling 700. I'm not even damn lifting 700 yet. You know, and that's, that's huge. I'm like, God, like these guys are strong, you know, or, or these women are strong. You know, I, I do have uh, women clientele as well who are really strong. And it's just, it's a beauty uh, seeing that because they're also like, Hey, I'm having a down day. Um, like one of my recent clients, Felicia, she was like, I'm having a rough day with deadlifts. I, 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 you know, how can, I don't really know what to feel. So I kind of like, you know, just sent her some words of encouragement. And I'm like, well, people do look up to what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to um, exemplify. And I have to be that light for them. Um, but also they're that light for me as well too, because they're working just as hard and they, they, they're hungry for success. Right. So those are a few, few, few of those, but also like a lot of it really comes down to um, just me thinking about, where I was, where I am, where I want to be. And if I'm doing, if right now what I'm doing is going to lead me there. I love that, man. It's like, it's your anchor. It's what keeps you, it's what keeps you going and 
grounded in the sense of progressing forward always. Um, dude, I am stoked that we had a chance to get to talk. What is next for Royster Fitness going forward? Like, how did, how have you, uh, have you navigated the pandemic and are you ready to hit the wheels running when gyms finally open back up and everything? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate just everything, Jake, as always. Um, but next to Peril, man, like I, the whole apparel, the, it was everything I've been trying to work on for years um, and really just work with people who are going to like, who, who trust and believe in the brand just as much as I do myself. Um, so then what's next for me is the next couple of launches. Um, I, I have one planned for the fall and spring. Um, I have a couple of collections coming out then. Um, I'm still taking on clients um, just dependent on where I am right now. I have a one client who's actually uh, competing this weekend. <laughs> uh, so for me, really refers to fitness is honestly just getting my message out to the world, as I said before, but this time, I have a way to give it to people to where they can wear it with pride. Like, yeah, like you, you see the logos, you see the designs, but you understand them, you know them. And they're kind of catchy. Uh, like the, the whole wolf head, like that looks, looks fire. You know what I mean? I wear that, right? Uh, and then you, when someone asks about it, you can, with all your heart, you can explain like, yo, like check this guy out. You know, like he really understands this. You know, he's got the grit, he's got the determination, right? Because I, I am literally the face of my brand. Um, but I'm looking to bring on more people with it. Um, there's just so much I want to do. Because um, again, like I said, with the Inspiring a Hunger of You, with the whole double entendre and everything that it embodies, I plan on taking that, especially with my uh, Stay Hungry collection that I feel like I'm going to have come out in the spring and use that money to slowly start producing and uh, start investing in um, charities and things like that. Like there's... I have all these ideas, man. They're like still in my head. Uh, but what I would love to do, I would absolutely love to help feed those who cannot feed themselves or feed those who don't have food and maybe do that once a weekend or once once a month. And where I literally take, like, again, I'm sponsored by Kodiak, so I have a lot of the food here. My thing is, is like, I love the shirt of wealth, um, right? I will bring anyone on. I will. I love to give because I know what it's like to not have. And I would love to take that and take it to like, I don't know where my help is needed in my community, but I will take that and I will literally flip pancakes every Saturday or Sunday and make a, a breakfast or a brunch for whoever needs it. And I, I want to do that. That's my mission now as I'm working towards that. And that's, again, maybe a year's goal or so. But I hope next time uh, we have that conversation about where we're going, that I'm already there. Uh, yeah, I hope so too, man. You're a diamond in the rough in the industry. I, I swear <laughs> to God. Very, I, very few coaches that I talk to, I think, carry themselves in a manner that truly is about helping others. I mean, a lot of coaches are obviously okay. Misspoke. Yeah, a lot of coaches are, but I think it's really cool hearing how you've tied everything that's happened in your life to promoting that. And it's not just and fitness being an outlet and a passion. You know, like that's a passion, yeah, but it's all tied back into the deeper meaning behind your bread. And I think that's something really cool that you have that you translate very well in both Instagram posts, your messaging, your coaching and so forth. Final question before we head out, man, where can people find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we stay in touch with you? <laughs> Absolutely. So on Instagram, you can follow me at pancake God and that's pancake 
God, G-A-W-D, <laughs> I've uh, announced that. And also you can follow me on YouTube. You can simply type in Jamar Royster and you'll find it. Um, so those are the two platforms that I utilize the best. Facebook's more for families, just so they know I'm doing okay. I don't really get on it much. <laughs> got you, got you, man. Well, thank you so much for the time. I hope we will be in chat. I hope we'll talk and catch up really soon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but um, dude, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. Yeah, thank you, Jake. I appreciate you.